welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. Today is March 11th, 2020, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Today, we are continuing a series of stories that were told at the Lifeline event on January 31st, 2020, in partnership with ARC Stories. These are real-life stories about how real people have been impacted by adoption, foster care, and caring for the vulnerable. Today, we are going to get to hear from Lena Plonk, and Lena works for the Clean Water Initiative as a part of the Women's Missionary Union. Lena has served with this organization, and more importantly for today's story, Lena helped partner WMU and Lifeline together to give clean water to the people of Liberia. Lena has been able to travel with the unadopted team to Liberia to see what the Lord is doing on the ground in Liberia, and it's awesome to see two ministries working together for the kingdom of the Lord to help the vulnerable see clean water, but also to see life skills and job skills and to see orphans and vulnerable children children given the hope of the gospel of Christ Jesus. So I know you will look forward in hearing from Lena. But before we do, I want to remind you about Families Count. Families Count is a proponent of healthy families, as is Lifeline. And having a healthy family includes strengthening families through parental education and training when reunification is desirable. Families Count offers state-mandated parenting classes through the local church for families whose children are at risk or have been removed from their home. The ministry meets parents in a place of dire need and offers hope for their deepest need for Christ. Your church has an amazing opportunity to get involved with Families Count. Visit lifelinechild.org backslash events to register for a regional training and help build healthy families in your community. And do that this week because that training will be on March 18th, 19th, and 20th. So again, go to lifelinechild.org backslash events to join us next week at our Families Count Regional Training. And if you can't join that training, go to lifelinechild.org, look for Families Count so you can look how you can get involved with Families Count. Without further ado, I hope you enjoy hearing from Lena Plunk. going to be a trip of a lifetime. Africa, a place that I had dreamed of going as long as I could possibly remember, but not just Africa, but specifically Uganda. So when an opportunity came for me to travel to Uganda with Lifeline's unadopted program, I jumped on it. In Uganda, unadopted works with King Jesus Church And King Jesus Church has a ministry for children who are deaf and blind because in Uganda, they are seen as outcast. And so the purpose of our trip was to work alongside King Jesus Church, working with the children at the school, um, doing some work on the church property, as well as some ministry to the community surrounding the church. So our team, we planned, we prayed, we prepared, but I'm not quite sure I was prepared for all that God was going to do. I can vividly remember the first morning that we were in Uganda. I remember leaving the guest house where we were staying and taking the walk to the church. I remember walking down the red dirt roads. 
I remember the smells of people cooking and the street vendors on the side of the road. I remember the children screaming, there's a Mazunga, there's a Mazunga, which is what they call white people. Um, As we kept walking, our group kind of kept getting bigger and bigger because the children just kept joining us. And they didn't join us and then stop, but they continued walking with us the entire way to the church. When we got to the church that day, our job was going to be to paint a pavilion that had been built earlier this, that year by an unadopted team that had gone um, to serve, but the children were with us. And it's kind of hard to paint a pavilion when there's a lot of Ugandan children around. So several of us stepped back and began to engage these children in games and songs and Bible stories. I had a Bible story in cloth with me, and on the cloth there were pictures of Bible stories from creation all the way to Christ, and they would continually say, tell me this one, now this one. And probably over the course of two to three days, I had told every story three or four times, and I'm not quite sure they even understood what I was saying, but as long as we were there engaging with them, they wanted to be there. It was in the midst of this one of the days that I saw something that caught my attention. I saw two boys kind of in the distance carrying jerry cans. A jerry can is similar to a gas can. It might be plastic, it might be metal, and it holds about five gallons of water. And you see, it wasn't really odd that I would notice this. Part of my job with the Women's Missionary Union is working with a ministry called Pure Water, Pure Love. And with that ministry, we help to provide resources for areas where clean water is not accessible. And so for me to spot this was just kind of a natural thing. But I think in this moment, I was seeing this very personal. You see, over the years, I've heard stories of places that didn't have access to clean water. I had seen pictures. But in this moment, I was seeing something that was potentially affecting the families and the children that I had come to love over the course of the previous days. And so the question that came to my mind was, where is this water coming from? I hadn't seen a well, I hadn't seen any kind of water source. And so I began to ask questions. And I learned that um, they were gathering water from a stream that was really filled with a lot of rainwater. And if you may have seen pictures of Africa or even like Uganda, and I mentioned the red dirt, so this water also had red dirt in it. You might also um, think of bugs being in this water or other just natural elements being in this water. In this same place that I had seen these boys gather water, I had seen children playing in the water. Some children with clothes on and some children with no clothes on at all. So you can imagine, the water that they were gathering was dirty. And the number, I knew the numbers, I knew the reality of the millions of people around the world that don't have access to water, the women and children around the world that walk miles a day to gather water and then carry that water back home. And so I knew in that moment that I wanted to see how could pure water, pure love, and unadopted partner together so that those places that unadopted is serving, they would have access to water. So I started praying for God to open doors. 
You see, I knew that it wasn't just a matter of us writing a check for them to build that well or oh, some kind of water source. I knew that that process could be very difficult. I knew the stories of people who were trying to build wells and they would dig and dig and never come to a natural water source. I knew stories of people who would build a well and it would be great for a short period of time, but they didn't have the resource and the availability to keep that well sustainable. So in five years, they would still have that access. So I began to pray and I began to pray for God to open doors. Well, later on in our trip, we had planned to distribute water filters to some of the homes in the community. And so we had brought over water filters that you screw into like a five kind of five gallon plastic bucket that maybe you would get at the Dollar Tree, the dollar store. And we were sitting on the porch of the guest house, putting those together. And I began a conversation with our team leader who was an unadopted staff member and began sharing with him some about what Pure Water, Pure Love could do. And you see, God had already started lining up the steps because earlier that year, Lifeline had moved their offices into the WMU building where we worked. So some of those partnerships and conversations were just kind of natural to start having. That conversation lasted about five minutes that day. And then we left to take water filters to these homes. We went to two homes that day. One of the homes from the outside, you probably wouldn't have even thought that they didn't have clean water access in their home. The other home, you probably going into that, you would have said, okay, maybe they probably don't have clean water. And so we sat in the living rooms of those homes and we showed those families how they could pour dirty water into the bucket and pump clean water out. And the joy on their faces, it was like we had taken them gold. And something that we take for granted, we take for granted turning on the faucet and brushing our teeth. We take for granted that we can go to the gas station to get what we say is clean water because what we have at home isn't good enough. And so I just saw the joy that that brought. But we didn't just give them filters. We had the opportunity to share with them about the living water, Jesus Christ, and share with them that that need of Jesus is so much greater than the water and the physical water that we were giving them. In the second home that we went to, right as we were about to leave, a young lady came in from kind of the back of the house, and I had not seen her up until this point, and she began to share with us that she had been dealing with spiritual warfare in a very strong way. And because she had heard us speak and she had heard our prayers, she asked us, can you specifically pray for me? Because I know and I feel the power of the God that you serve. And so as I was praying over her, just the joy of knowing that the physical need of water was helping people know the living water, Jesus. So as all trips do, our trip came to an end, but I knew that this was not going to be the end for me. I knew that me and Uganda were going to be long-term. It was going to happen again. And so as we got back, I began conversations pretty immediately with the unadopted staff. And within about three or four months, we were able to approve funding for two wells, one with unadopted partners in Liberia and the other with unadopted partners in Busega, Uganda at King Jesus Church. This past September, 
I had the privilege of going back to Uganda. Like I said, my time with Uganda was not over, and I was so excited. I was excited to see the sweet Ugandan friends that I had made a year prior. I was overjoyed to know that I was going to be able to visually see the finished well on the property of King Jesus Church. I remember the walk the first, first morning that we were there, the walk from the guest house back to the church, very similar to the walk I described earlier, though I think I walked a bit faster <laughs> that day because I was so excited to get to that point where I could see the finished product. It was like a kid on Christmas, just going faster and faster. And as we rounded the corner to the church and I saw a big reservoir that held the water from the well, my heart was full of joy. As I saw women in that community getting water from that well, and I knew it was clean. As our team filled our water, water bottles of water from that well, and we weren't afraid to drink it because it was clean. As I had conversations with Pastor Raphael and his wife, Alan, and members of that church and their excitement knowing that they had something at their church that they could offer to their community that they never had been able to offer before, and how they talked about the conversations and the relationships that that was going to allow them to build, and how having that well on their property was going to help with the brick business that the church was starting, and then the future of possibly having the school on the property of the church, and how that well was going to help with that in the future down the road. It was just a joy to see. It was a joy to see how God brought all those pieces together, how a year and a half, two years prior, Lifeline moved into the WMU building. I began to learn about Lifeline and unadopted, learned about Uganda, went to Uganda, saw this need for water, had a five minute conversation that has now led to many people around the world and many unadopted partners having clean water access where they are. We are definitely better together when we work together to glorify God. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.